Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer. Brian Christopherson is here with me. It is signing day. Brian, what's going on? Uh, not much. I'm drinking from a coffee mug that has a smiley face man on it. So I'm really, really grown up. Let's have some grown up talk. Does, does, uh, does it make you happy, this coffee? Yeah, mug? kind of. Well, that's yeah, kind, kind of does. That's kind of the whole point, right? Or is it the coffee that makes you happy? It's probably the coffee, but I, 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 the guy's trying to pick me up right now. It's been a long day, and I appreciate his effort. Yeah, well, you know, you kind of – you need that enthusiasm. It has been it has been a long day, but we've had longer signing days. We've certainly had yeah, more dramatic signing days. This feels like one of the quietest ones we've had in some time, and for that I feel relatively appreciative. Yeah, it was uh, – I shouldn't have been so dramatic. Uh, frankly, it was wrapped up uh, by brunch. We could have had a nice brunch if we were allowed to get together these days. You know, um, you could have whipped something up because I think by 10 o'clock, 19 guys were uh, already signed and delivered. Um, so you got to like that. I mean, it, I think part of that reason, Schaefer, is because when you talk to these recruits, I know this happens every year where they have – chain text messages with each other but i think in this covid time um those guys really use that to grow closer maybe than any class from a distance and so uh i i think that's a big part of why there was a loyalty factor you know i think they grew to like each other and said i'm gonna go play with those guys they're already my friends yeah i i completely agree with you and it's one of the reasons why i feel kind of good about this class as a as a class that's going to have some contributors some guys that are in it for the long haul i just know that's the sense that i gotten from talking uh with a number of those recruits and it's it's all over the place and how they did it i mean talking to latrell neville and heinrich harburg and i guess they played a lot of madden uh throughout the summer and and just kind of went back and forth on that and they, uh, I just think like this, this group, they, they had to bond over the uniqueness of how they found this recruiting situation and the fact that so many of them couldn't take visits when they still wound up at a place like Nebraska. And so I, I think it also led to them relying on guys like Henry and Teddy and Heinrich, Seth Malcolm, uh, Randolph Kapai that, that could talk about Nebraska or Thomas Fedoni because they, they've actually been Randy and, and yes, Randy, uh, my bad. I, I'll probably be a Randolph guy uh, until I'm told to be a Randy. Okay, that's just that's just the way that I'm, I'm wired, I think. But um, I, I do believe that that all kind of plays into it. But you said something. I, I want to wrap. I want to go back a little bit. You mentioned brunch, and this has me thinking because we can't <laughs> ever stay on topic here. Are you more of the breakfast kind of guy during brunch, or are you more of the lunch kind of guy during brunch? breakfast yeah it, it should just it, it's not lunch at all the unch part of it is not even in the equation to me um it's all bruh i'm the, i'm the bruh part of that so yeah so then the follow-up story comes, I, I had a tweet the other day that uh that waffles are just better than pancakes do you agree with that hmm. tweet um no i like pancakes better but waffles are are better um for uh, like your top if you have the right toppings maybe waffles but if if you're just going like pretty simple with like the syrup i'd rather pancakes for some reason interesting does french toast factor into the equation 
I, I'm not as big on French toast as some others, uh, unless it's just exceptional French toast, which some places make it. But uh, yeah, if it's just your uh, run of the mill French toast that I would make, I, I could do without it. But uh, anyway, that's what I think. That's uh, that's breakfast with BC. We're going to incorporate that into all future podcasts. Next no. week, we're going to talk about oatmeal. The week after that, we're going to learn about his favorite breakfast cereals. So be sure to stick around. There'll be a quiz after the fourth week. If you get all the questions correct, I will pay for your subscription on 24-7. So be sure to, to hmm. check out for that. Uh, all right. So back to recruiting. What did Scott Frost have to say? Because this is it's such a unique situation because – he hasn't met some of these guys. Like he's, he's up there. He's talking about this recruiting class. He's talking about their personalities and their film and, and how they're going to fit in the room and how they're going to fit in the team. And then you stop back and you think, and you're like, well, he's actually never been in the same room as Latrell Neville or yeah. Gabe Irvin or Makai Bayer. Actually, Makai Bayer. No, he, I mean, none of these guys could have visited. So um, it's, it's kind of fascinating when you think about it in that sense. Like he he's, he's in the same boat that they are, but we always think of it more from the recruiting lens and we probably do the coaching lens. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, like the first handshake when some of these guys arrive in January, which like 13 of them are is going, that's going to be the first handshake for some of them with, with the head coach or their position coach. And uh, it's the weirdest thing. I thought Shenander had a really funny line the other day about, I don't think you'd marry somebody um, off of Zoom, you know, but that's what you've been forced to do here. But I know you're getting married here soon. And I mean, you obviously got some in-person interaction before you agreed to uh, marry them. So this is, a, this is a tricky deal for everybody around the country. In a weird way, though, I wonder if, they might've got closer in some of the conversations because there's like that, you almost feel like, yeah, you, yeah, you have to like push it further, like to, to develop that connection and feel like you're going to get this guy and, and get him to sign with you. Um, And so, I mean, I know in talking to the recruits, you do it all the time. And I've kind of done it a little bit here the last few days with some of these guys they're they hear from these coaches like every day or every other day. So um even though they haven't seen each other in person, I do, I do think in a strange way um, they might have uh, grown closer to the staff than they might've even in a normal time. Yeah. You, you've probably talked to at least half of this class, if not more now. I mean, you've, so you've had a chance to kind of experience a bunch of these guys who sort of stuck out to you when you've had a chance to kind of write and tell their story a little bit. Um, You know, it might be somebody just from the past couple of days because it's a little bit more recent, but I know, you've done stories on a, on a number of these guys. Yeah. I like, I don't know what they're going to do on the field. I'm not going to talk big about them yet. Um, Cause I, people hear that every year. So that's not what I'm doing here. I, every guy I've talked to, I find really enjoyable in this class. They're I can't, yeah. I can't say that about all, all, all the classes. And some of the last ones have been pretty good. Um, but this group in particular, um, and again, it, maybe it's a product of the time we're in where, you know, people, they're kind of crave, people kind of crave communication because they're without it more than usual. And so, you know, when you do call up someone to do an interview, I feel like some of them have been a little more in depth and it, it's just been like Latrell Neville to answer your question is just a really fun guy to talk to. 
Um, like he has fun with the fact that, you know, he's related to the Neville brothers. Um, you know, that's his gr grandpa and great uncle. Um, but also, um, you know, he, he had a funny joke about how like he tells people the all state slogan applies to him. You're in good hands, you know, get me the ball. I'm, I'm basically your insurance. Um, so he's, there's guys like that who I think are just sort of fun. Um, Harburg, uh, for a guy who's dealt with all the attention, he's basically had people covering him weekly because people were bored and there was no football going on for a while. So we covered the high school guys around the area, um, like they're professional athletes and Harburg had, you know, sometimes four or five media guys interviewing him after games on Friday nights. And I thought he handled that really well for a guy who's 17, 18 years old. So I mean, you could go down the line. You'd probably have some good answers on guys you've really enjoyed. Uh, but I do think it is a group so far of who I've talked to that um, I appreciate the the conversations. Yeah, and I, I think we could kind of tell that in what Scott Frost had to say as well. It felt like he was going through the, the list and whether it was, you know, Kamani Grimes or Sean Hardy or Henry Lutovsky uh, or a number of these guys. I mean, he was just kind of talking about just those conversations that they were having and, and the relationships that he was building with them. Again, like we don't know what this means for the on-field product exactly, but I do think it's a good sign just in terms of there, there's always sort of the conversation about, oh, well, when these guys get here, it's going to be different. And I don't really think that's true with this staff. I think a lot of what you see is what you get, and especially with how they go about recruiting these guys. And so I think it is valuable that they, they maintain and they build these relationships, and it seems like they have a really good jumping off point already. Yeah, and you know what? It's okay to have uh, a positive attitude on a day like this. I know some people get worn down by recruiting, but I have come to appreciate it throughout my career when you interview guys like Marquise Buford, who's talking about how it was his goal, you know, since he was a kid to get a college scholarship mm -hmm. and not have his parents have to pay for college. Um and there's so many stories like that across the country today of guys who have worked their tail off since they were in peewee football to get to this point and sign that letter today. And of course they're going to believe that they can come in and be change agents. Why wouldn't they? That's what, that's what competitors do. And so I, I'm all for the talk, you know, if they were saying anything else, you'd be like, why are you coming here? You know? Right. So I, I like it. I think one of the things that, that people might forget about what we do in this job and certainly what you've been doing the last couple of days and, and uh, as I do, you know, with, with our site, but a lot of times when we talk to these kids, we're talking to them on like one of the best days of their life. So they're obviously really happy and they're excited and they're, they're looking forward to things and they're forward thinking and they're positive. And so it's reflected that way in the coverage, sometimes unintentionally. And so then, you know, people will refer to it as hype or they'll refer to it as pumping sunshine or whatever they want to say. But, you know, there's guys in this class that wondered if they were ever going to get the opportunity to play D1 football. And then today they got to sign their name to something and they're going to go forward with relationships that they never knew that they were going to have at a place they might have never envisioned that they were going to play. I mean, it's a real life altering thing. I, you know, this is a, a guy who he didn't go on to have a great career at Nebraska. Uh, but Greg Simmons dad had like one of the best speeches when you just go back and you think about what signing day means to these kids and their family 
And I, I try to keep that with me uh, so I don't let myself get cynical because it's such a big moment in these people's lives. Yeah. And uh, I actually feel like because of, I don't know why it is, but with early signing day, I'm, I know there's some drama in places around the country today and kids who flip at the last second, but it feels like there's been less and less of that of late, less of those kind of weird stories where someone puts on a different hat than their mom wanted, you know, and there's a weird, I mean, it, it just doesn't seem like they're, those are quite as common since early signing day. And that, that would be an interesting study about why exactly that is. I suppose it's because, you know, if a kid has uncertainty, he doesn't have to sign today, you know, right. and obviously there's a local player down the road who is, is still waiting to February and Avante Dickerson, but um yeah i it is it was a it was a drama free day here and uh that's pretty good for this staff on a year that has uh had drama all across the country all right let's let's jump into a few thoughts on this class so i wrote my superlative piece that i kind of do every year and it has just some simple questions and i try to answer them the best i can and i go through it was good years and uh it's not always you know, it's not always pretty how it turns out, but I want to throw it to you and I want to see how many common answers that we have on this thing. So who would you say the guy in the 2021 class has the most expectations? Uh, that I mean, that's Fedone. Um, yep. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can answer differently, honestly. Uh, sorry, you didn't answer differently, right? No, I went with Thomas Fedoni. Okay. I didn't want to be like, I don't know what idiot would answer differently and then find out you put someone else down there. Actually, um, I went with a walk on. It's wild. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, it's, I mean, he's a, one of the top rated Huskers there's ever been. People have been hearing about him for a year. It felt like uh, a lot, whenever this recruiting class comes up first, his name comes up first. And that's just the way it is. And in fact, his fellow commits mention him first. Like they'll mention him out of the blue. Like the other day, I can't remember who I was interviewing them, but they're just like, oh, it was Big and Thomas. And I didn't even bring up Fedone. Um, so, that, I mean, that's that's the kind of uh, swag he has right now and, and the vibe he has with this class. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be him. Yeah. All right. Well, and I, I went the same way. I mean, expectations are high, but that's what he wants. And then he's a guy that, you know, I, I don't worry – about him because I think his attitude is pretty rare. I mean, he's a guy that there's just not enough work out there for him to get at any point in time. And he's just going to go and uh, try to find the the next thing for him to do to try to get better. And I'm really, I'm really curious, really excited to see what it looks like even as early as next year. Okay. So biggest recruiting battle and keep in mind, I try to not double up on these. So you could go with Fedoni here too. Yeah. But if you could think about it, is there another guy who you felt like Nebraska did a nice job pulling them away from someone else? I know what your answer is. Um, you said Grimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Explain why you said Grimes. I'm looking over the list, and I'll, I'll come up with someone else. Well, I went with Kamani Grimes because Nebraska got a win against Michigan here, and it was interesting in how this recruiting battle played out. I mean, you had two different Big Ten schools recruiting a kid in Florida – both selling them on the idea of being a versatile part of one side of the ball, Nebraska on offense, Michigan on defense, Michigan's talking about how he could be Jabril peppers. Nebraska's talking about like the different things that they can do with him and lining them up all over the field, probably hinting a little bit that they would use them in similar ways to how Wandale Robinson was. And I just think it's pretty big that, you know, Jabril peppers is a name and, and he was, 
not maybe the best uh, defensive player ever, as as some people might have had you believe a few years ago. But he was a very good player, and he's gone on to have a nice NFL career. And so for Nebraska to go against a name brand school like Michigan and to sell Grimes on their vision for him on offense, I thought that was a pretty big recruiting win. I don't think this is an answer you would agree with, but I'll just say this. Raquan Buckley today, uh, I thought this was interesting. Frost said they had to fight off some people late. Uh, he had some line about how there was some interest in him late and they had to, you know, make sure they got him. Um, I don't know how dramatic that was, but he did say something like that. Um, so that was interesting, just sort of this conversation of a guy who might have had some late uh, guys coming his way. And he's a big body, uh, you know, defense alignment, 6'5", 280. Um, so, he, you know, those guys, those guys are going to attract attention late in the process. So, um, this is not a guy who you would say he was locked in on Nebraska a long time ago, but Kabat Kapai Randolph Randy yeah. is such a freak athlete um, that I think um, you know there's a lot of people that would have loved to have his raw talent in the on their signing sheet today, and so I would say that he you know he could be a guy. It wasn't like they had to battle to the end for him, but when they did have to battle early on, they 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 got out in front of that one. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and they they did a nice job of uh, of getting him in the boat, and there was never any issue that he was ever going to go anywhere else. I want to say this about Ruquan Buckley because I don't know if people think of it in this sense. He was one of Nebraska's biggest targets early. Like go back to January of 2020, if you can think that far back right now. They got him on campus. They wanted to close him out immediately. They wanted him done before the evaluation period was going to start. I think Nebraska is really high on this guy for a reason. He was higher on their board and first on their board before a number of defensive linemen who have come through as well. And so I, I do want to, to just mention that. He, I think he's a pretty important target for him. So I could see why Frost would say that. All right, best chance to play early, Brian. Um, we're we're going to – I'm kind of canceling out Fedone for all answers um, now going forward. Like we had – he could be the answer to all these questions. Yeah. No, I know. Um, that's, that's what makes it tough, but that's also what makes him special. Okay, I will say – I'm going to say Gabe Irvin, uh, running back That's out of Buford, Georgia. Uh, we don't know if Mills will, is going to come back. I don't necessarily expect that. Maybe he will. Um, we learned today that Sevion Morrison had quite a journey this year. He got injured, then got COVID, then got injured again. That's why he was basically canceled out this fall. Marvin Scott got hurt when it looked like he was going to kind of uh, rise to the surface. Ramirez been in and out. Um, I think it's wide open for a true freshman at a position where I think young guys can play that always hasn't always happened here of late, but if you look across the country, it is a spot where freshmen can play. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. I think that Gabe Irvin is one of those guys that I just don't have a great feel for yet, but I know the staff likes quite a bit and they shut down their running back recruiting as soon as it got them. So that says a lot about Gabe Irvin. I went with Marquise Buford, a guy that I know you just talked to, I think he's a pretty uh, interesting player in Nebraska's class. I think he can play early, uh, and I think he's going to be a guy Travis Fisher is going to like a lot. I think he's smart, um, and I think he's going to be a hard worker that uh, that has you know the good athleticism to go up a, a 
quick football IQ. I, I just think he's going to fit that room really well. Yep, that's a good answer. All right, so I'm going to skip over biggest need because I thought that was the hardest question to answer. Let's go to most unsung. Okay. Make you dive deep into the weeds here. I think – I don't know what your answer is. So I hope it's not the same, actually. Um, I think it's Sean Hardy because he, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. Nope. But he's, uh, he's coming into a position where I think he can, can contribute right away. I know Frost loves him. He, he's a really smart kid. Um, he was talking about that today. Uh, so I'm going to say Sean Hardy. He's not a guy I've seen a lot about, and that's not, I'm not questioning your work ethic at all. I know he doesn't, I know he doesn't talk a lot. Um, so that's, uh, that's why I th- kind of say that he's not in the headlines a lot. Yeah. He, uh, he doesn't do phone interviews a lot. Um, like very rarely. And then if he responds to messages, it'll be like weeks in between response. So it's, uh, it's hard to get a rhythm there. Uh, I, I agree that Sean Hardy is really good. He was my uh, most likely to su- – or best chance to surprise because I think some yeah. fans are surprised he's in the class because he doesn't say a whole lot and they simply forget about him. But he's a really good receiver. Uh, I, I think that he could play pretty early in his career. And if you talk to his coach down there, he thinks that he's spent most of his high school career going against guys that are playing in the AA, ACC – and the SEC, a defensive back. And so he's been challenged very early and often by guys that he's going to be playing, you know, later on in their careers, uh, more physical and everything. But he, he just feels like he's going to have uh, some good reps from his time at Camden County. I went with Malik Williams for most unsung because I think less has been written and spoken about him than any other commitment in the class. And he's just kind of a – I think he's a good player. Like, you look at those offers, he had 17 offers, including, you know, interesting power five schools and he's a good size kid he's a confident kid when i asked him whose senior film stood out the most to him he answered his own uh, yes. he was pretty impressed by what he did this past year i like that i like that attitude and i think it's going to serve him well i think you want your dbs to have a little of that yeah i just talked to him today actually uh and he uh people forget his brother is at clemson you know, um, he's he's from a family that that's, that's got got it in the genes. So uh, I'd watch out for him. Yeah. Uh, so I went, like I said, Sean Hardy for best chance to surprise. Do you have another player that you'd want to throw in there? Hmm. I would say. Is Latovsky a surprise at this point? I think his stock has kind of risen in the minds of people. I think people like me have been driving his stock through the roof. Yeah, so I I don't think that's a fair answer. Um, I think uh, Kobe Bretz, uh, I don't know if that's a good answer either. Uh, But I, you know, Kobe Bretz hasn't been, he's not like the most acclaimed player ever, uh, but he's a, He's a guy who you talk to his high school coach says he does stuff he's never seen before. Um, he like, like your answer earlier about, you know, maybe a DB getting on the field early. Uh, Brett's could be a guy like that. So um, I would say Brett's uh, also an enjoyable guy to talk to uh, the couple times I have. And um, he was loyal to Nebraska because Nebraska was loyal to him. 
his grades weren't quite there for a while. And he's said this in interviews. That's why I'm saying this here. Um, and Nebraska worked with him uh, to, to help him get to the right spot. And uh, I think that meant a lot to him. And so I think he's going to give, give a lot to this program when he gets here. That's good. I think he's athletically as gifted as, as just about anybody in this class. And so that's certainly something Nebraska needs in spades on the back end and then potentially the second level if he continues, continues to grow. So um, let's move to another question. Best developmental recruit. What was your answer? I went with Jalen Weaver because I look at this question as a guy that it might take a couple years. And then after that, you know, kind of like a Casey Rogers mm-hmm. in some ways that it's going to take a little bit of time, but then it's going to turn and it's going to be a guy that Nebraska is going to get quite a bit out of on the back half of their career. Jalen Weaver, I think has a lot of things that he's going to have to learn from a technical standpoint, as many defensive linemen do, but what you don't have to develop if you're Tony Tuioti is being six foot eight and 280 pounds already. And then he's going to add more weight. He's going to get stronger. They're going to continue to work uh, with his speed and, and basically try to retain the explosion that he already sort of has from that frame. And I think once the technique comes along, a guy like that could be really, really helpful for a program that just needs guys that fill up space up front. Yeah, I I'll say uh, AJ Rollins. Um, I think he's got a great frame. And I think it might not happen right away. He might prove that wrong. Who knows? Uh, but he's versatile. And uh, I, I, I think, you know, if he's a guy who comes in and puts in the work, um, Frost talked about him today uh, being one of those guys with just a huge upside. Uh, and whenever you hear a coach say huge upside, it, it sometimes is a little bit of code there. Like, it, yeah, it might be a year or two, but this is a guy we think could be uh, pretty good long-term. And so Rollins might be a guy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we kind of ran through some of the stuff there, but of course you can get the full article. You can get all of the stuff that we have on signing day. BC has some quick hitters up on things that Scott Frost talked about that aren't just Nebraska football recruiting news, but are actually team news. And so you'll want to check that out as well. And of course the Rutgers game is on Friday as well. We'll be back with a hype cast on Thursday. We'll have the roundup podcast after the Rutgers game on Friday there could be still the bull talk lives a little bit under the surface I think it's still there Brian I think there's still some bull talk yeah actually I I don't know how many teams want to play in bowls and I I, so I I think it's very possible still so we will certainly be keeping an eye on that but as always be sure to stop by Husker 24 7 check out everything we have going on and we will catch you on the Hypecast on Thursday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.